Hello, it's David Perlman for the Whole Note Studio, October the 15th, 2011. Uh, I'm here with Mark S. Doss. Uh, Mark. Mark is, uh, Mark is in Toronto for uh, Iphigenie at, uh, at the Canadian Opera Company. Today is the last, last show in the run. Last performance, yeah. This is, this is eight. Eight is enough, I guess. Eight is enough, yes. is it? Yes. <laughs> is this one a strenuous part? I know, or oh, yes, definitely. Is. I'm speaking in the lower voice right now, but everything is going to be in the higher voice tonight. Is it? <laughs> yeah. So it's challenging the top end, is oh, it? Oh, definitely. This one? He wrote it up for it's. It's sort of a low tenor, basically. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I got a challenge, but uh, it's fun. Second time around, second production of of this opera, so I'm Your second of this one. Right. Where I, was the first? Uh, I did it in San Francisco, actually. Well, we say the same production, so this is the second run of this production. Uh, it's a co-production between, what, Chicago, San Francisco, yeah. and London. Uh, excuse me, is that right? Yeah, London. And I think done, so, done yeah. Madrid, and now Toronto, the extra. So this is not your first time in Carson's loving care? Uh, no, not exactly. Uh, well, done even the Salome of his uh, about three three times, I think. That was a, a co-production between uh, Torino, Turin, uh, Florence, and Madrid. And uh, I did all three of those locations. That's a visceral Salome. one, that one. Right, right. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I heard that you were coming here, uh, given that Rigoletto and this were paired, mm. my first thought was that you would be coming to do... Rigoletto. All right. Because you, Sparafucile is what you played twice here before, right? Exactly, yes. When Uh, was the first? uh, 1987. That's when Lotfi Mansuri hired me to to do the job. I was singing with him in Chicago in their apprentice program and was doing uh, what uh, Lord Rochefort to uh, Joan Sutherland's Anna Bolena, and he was directing it. And so uh, that was quite a exciting little thing there and he you know heard the voice he saw the presence on stage and said you know how would you like to come to toronto and uh, do spot of Ojibwe for me uh, right. i said well, yeah sure <laughs> so that was 87 it was 87 and yeah. then you came back in 1994 uh, yeah 89 i think it was uh, did the pressure in uh magic flute and then okay. uh, and then the next was the redo of uh, rigoletto. rigoletto yeah with uh, nicholas munich in production uh, uh-huh. do you find yourself Pushed into the villain roles? I mean, the better question is, is there any opera where the bass baritone gets the girl? <laughs> right, well, I don't know. You could talk about the Giovanni never really gets the girl. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, hmm, yeah, we have to yeah. think about this one for a while. Yeah, uh, probably yeah. for a while. We don't <laughs> have to. But. Yeah. Um, so, um, you said you were, you were, you apprenticed in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You started... You were probably the oldest among the apprentices at that point, or, mm. or would you say not? Cause, no, uh, not at all. I mean, I was, uh, uh, this was, what, 85, 86, I think, yeah, in Chicago. I had been um, Santa Fe Opera Apprentice, actually. I mean, there's the, called the ensemble when you're in the opera companies, right. usually. So that was in Chicago. So I started my apprenticeship in uh, 83 in uh, Santa Fe, where mm. I was just there singing, you know, Mephistopheles Faust. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, then Chicago was uh, 85, 86, and from 86 I went to the Metropolitan Opera, got my first contract. I was 28. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, I was really psyched and pumped to have my first contract there, knowing that uh-huh. Cesare Siepi had gotten his first uh, role at uh, 28, but he actually sang. Uh, well, your <laughs> I, was first, waiting, I was waiting for an, I was doing my understudy, so I was waiting to go on. 
But, uh, and trying not to wish ill on whoever oh, you were understanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, John, John McCurdy was a, an older guy. So he'd sung with my teacher at the time, Walter Castle. Uh, I also studied with Nicola Rosliemeni when I was at mm -hmm. Indiana. But uh, he knew Walter Castle, so that broke the ice because you know sometimes you look at these guys on in the wings, you know, and they're waiting to go on. You know, they, they think uh, so they want to say anything to you at all, and that's that broke yeah. the ice. I said, you know, I, I started with Walter. Oh, Walter, geez, you know, so. All you had to do is bring up a name, Nicola Rossimeni in Italy. They just say, oh, yeah, Nicola, wow, you know, the same uh -huh. with Maria Callas, you know, he was certainly a real dramatic guy, you know. And both of them had different types of intensity. Walter was internal, sort of, you know, so they all came out here, eh? and uh, Nicola was like, you know, he's like the Boris, you know, everything was like on the outside almost. But it's just different ways that they, they had their own intensity, and uh, they brought it, they brought it <laughs> really to the stage. So. Mm. It's great, great to have both of those as uh, role models and teachers. This wasn't what you were planning to do from <laughs> a young kid, though, right? From I, I right, did a bit yeah, of reading yeah. before the yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah. I, I read something you said about. Um, I, I read somewhere something you said about uh, grade five teacher telling you you were mm. good, and just to, to paraphrase, was keep quiet about that one. I don't. Yeah. Right, think right, I want yeah. that too widely known. Well, it, it scared the heck out of me. I mean, uh, she had me sing a little bit of the Wells Fargo Wagon solo, and I don't think the voice had uh, broken much. And, oh, the Wells Fargo. And I was like, oh, she said, that's gorgeous. You can go to New York right now and make a lot of money. And I thought, <coughs> what? <laughs> that would just scare the heck out of me. I, what I scared you, the money or the New York? Well, <laughs> yeah, no, no, the money, just against this fame sort of thing. You uh -huh. know? So if, if I've gotten the fame, it wasn't the money, certainly. <laughs> so when did, you, when did you say, aha? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, after that, I, I went and uh, I, I was sort of dropping some grades in school and had to do some acceleration at the end, so I took some extra credit in chorus and then drama. And so they just came together, uh, Godspell, you know, they were doing, and the drama teacher said, hey, you're in chorus, right? Would you like to do, uh, you know, Godspell? I said, sure, why not? So that kind of got it started, you know, and uh, my background from, you know, wanting to sort of be in the priesthood and whatnot, and uh, certainly the gospel of uh, St. Matthew and singing was just an ideal opportunity to throw those together. And so oratorio was, in a way, sacred opera as, pretty, as an introduction yeah, to yeah, the... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've, I'm doing the, uh, that, that, that character in the beginning of the, the play, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. I'm yeah, walking yeah. down the aisle in my high school. And so, I mean, that was John the Baptist now. I'm singing La Scala, you know, the Johanna. Sure. So it's that, that sense of, you know, 30 years later, here he is. But um, the, the whole thing of doing uh, uh, that play led to, uh, I think, the, the guy who did the, um, the, the orchestra uh, in the, uh, the band guy that was uh, at um, my high school mm -hmm. also was involved in the uh, production they were doing in the summer, which was the first time they'd done a Cleveland uh, program devoted to the arts. So you got training in acting, singing, and dancing. And people right. came in from New York. And they're your, excuse <coughs> me, they're, they're your uh, instructors, your teachers. So all your basic yeah, triple yeah. threat skills. Yeah, exactly. Brought yeah. together in the And it was uh, amazing, you know, get the levels, you know, as far as your, your acting and singing. It was all about doing levels, you know, one to ten. And, uh, you know, doing improvisation on the stage, uh, doing vocalises with uh, sort of class instruction. And just kind of movement, just basic, you know, movement on, on the stage and get used to, to mm -hmm. being there. And uh, that was... That was kind of a, a click moment. Uh, you know, I left, and the, the vocal uh, instructor said, you know, I'm kind of sad that you're going to the seminary because I see, see you have some really uh, some, some talents here that could be uh, used for the um, betterment of the arts and whatnot. I said, well, you know, I'll try to continue and take voice lessons for the ministry at least. And that's what I did. And 
And again, in India, in the smaller St. Joseph's College where I went to uh, seminary, mm -hmm. Society of the Precious Blood, uh, actually this, the order, uh, I was in chorus, you know, and they had a lot of solo things. It's a uh, big fish in a small pond. And uh, there, were a time, there was a time when the spring concert, we did uh, some uh, medley from uh, Fiddler on the Roof, I think, you know. So I'm thinking, you know, sunrise, sunset, you know, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, wow, this feels so natural, you know. Yeah. I was like, I mean, that's one of those times you should be careful. It's like, oh, gosh, I could really go off right now and just, you know, get too comfortable. But I felt this is where I should be, you know. There was no sense of anxiety whatsoever, and I was communicating words, and mm. the melody was just flowing out. So that, mm. Yeah. And words and music like that, right, not exactly. separate entities, but different exactly. faces of the same God, you know? Right, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So your connection with Toronto? Uh, well, yeah, I have, I have a wife uh, that, uh, that lives here. And you met her when you, were, when you came here to perform? Or right, you yes, met her well, way when? back in 1992 uh, when I was yeah. here. Uh, so. So you, you share time between different places? Do you find, how do you, how does uh, yeah. it work? Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, uh, she has some work uh, in the stage. She's a director in uh, Wigs and Makeup for uh, Florentine Opera. She's going there in Milwaukee, so I'll, I'll go there and follow her and, you know, do yeah. whatever she needs to do. She does a little bit of my makeup here, so that's, um, you know, it's kind of a trade-off and whatever mm -hmm. we, we sort of work out well together. Sometimes it can be difficult when they're singers, singer, uh, you know, relationships. Yeah, singer, singer can be hard. That's can for be, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, benefits and yeah, some disadvantages. So yeah. this one uh, seems to work pretty well. Mm -hmm. so I'm, uh, I'm pleased <laughs> so far. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and then we have uh, another stint coming up. I mean, we we had finally tied the knot in Torino, in Italy. So it was an overseas mm -hmm. uh, wedding not too long ago, and. Uh, you have the paparazzi to come in and uh, had no one invited, but all of a sudden you have like uh, 12 journalists and uh, photographers and on television. Oh, sure, yeah. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, they like to publicize the city. They like to know that people actually are still getting married and, you know, they, they mm -hmm. <laughs> come, come to our city and, and get married. Something like right. that. So, so that's, uh, that's a, it's a good um, partnership. Mm -hmm. So with talking a bit about Iphigenie, because... Uh, very mixed reactions to this production from, from people. For me, for me, I love, I love the permission that the quiet set gives to just absorb completely into the thing itself. Right. Uh, the Rigoletto that was on. Did you see the Rigoletto? I've that was seen here? a bit of the Rigoletto, yes. You didn't see the whole. I did not see the whole thing. It must be hard to watch without <laughs> wanting to join in the well, singing. Well, <laughs> sort of. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I was watching. And, um, you know, there's yeah. a, there were directors that wanted to have the, the music come out and then they want the, uh, that not to be obscured. And yeah, and then there's the other one where it's look at that room and, you right, know, right. you can look at the room as much as you like while people are singing and it won't. Mm. Interrupt. I mean, to me, the the beauty of a production where it's almost like shadow light mm. theater right. is that really, as an audience member, you have permission to invent. Sure. If the whole thing's invented and is out there in front of you, you don't have the same permission to participate. So yeah. I'm just wondering, as a singer, I, I, obviously you don't get to see yourself on stage. In mm. what? What feeling do you get? Uh, what does a production like this one give or take away from you as a as a performer in terms of opportunity? 
Well, I don't know. You mean because there's modern dress? And because of, it's so quiet and there's no distractions yeah. and it's really focused and um, yeah, basically an open you're not required to be walls. a clown at the same time as you're just doing. You get yeah. To me, it seems like you just have permission to, to do your craft without being... For the most part, yeah, I mean, as you say, the production like this, the, the, the Salome that uh, Robert Carson did is a bit different in the sense of, uh, of stillness of the character. I did Johanna and, you know, John the Baptist. Yeah. His John the Baptist is a very, some people call him plastic. Uh, it's all happening like to that. him. He's not well, making exactly. it happen. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. comes out of the, uh, the desert. It's like Lawrence of Arabia, you know, wrapped yeah. in a turban, and it's a huge, uh, it's a spectacle. He's like, he almost floats onto the stage. Yeah. And so it's a mirage, her, her image of what he is, yeah. uh, Salome. So in this, uh, he wants, um, as he talked to me, he said he wanted more animation. He wanted me, he grabbed the sword. He wanted almost a madman running around. Um, a little more difficult because the singing requires uh, a little less movement sometimes, and mm -hmm. uh, because it's such a high roll. I mean, there's, uh, there's E's, there's F's, there's a, you know F sharps, there's G's. It just it goes up and up and up and up and up, and uh, there's not a time for you to really relax very much. Mm. Uh, I, I did it well in San Francisco. Uh, it's a little bit faster. The tempi, our conductor uh, Pablo, is uh, wonderful uh, as far as giving time and whatnot to really adjust things. So. It is a, a time when I can really reflect on the action, on the words, on the drama. And, uh, you know, I've done it in a zitzpoba. You stand still, you sing it. So I know that I can sing it uh, yeah. very well. But then the challenge just becomes to go up and down is a long way to the back of the stage. And he wants you to traverse the entire distance to the back of the stage and then come back down stage. And as you're doing it, sort of stay in motion with the sword, sort of throwing it around. You're right. So, you know, doing a, a hula hoop sort of weighted hula hoop I do sometimes uh, well, every morning, basically. Oh, yeah. Just get the, the stamina and make sure that the, the band is sort of there always flexing. And uh, whatever I'm juggling, whether I'm jumping rope, I'm doing solfeggio, but I'm doing dance steps backstage, you know, and they all see me doing that. But it's necessary in order to try to make it, uh, you know, uh, an illusion that uh, it's... Uh, that simple. it's effortless right, when it's effortless, there's so much yeah. effort required. Exactly. Uh -huh. so, uh, but this is, this is a time when I can give more to the words. I'm, I'm pleased to have a second time to do uh, the production, mm -hmm. and uh, it has gone uh, much better. I can think about the drama... Uh, a lot more than I could the first time. The first time it's just pretty much survival. Mm -hmm. uh, and now it's the sense of, hmm, you can survive, let's give some more meaning to, these, uh, to the people and, and uh, see what happens. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a good experience. I mean, even to get through eight of these, I did think I did six in San Francisco, there's that sense of, you know, you want to kiss the ground at the, the end because it's, uh, you know, the Pope being up seven to, what, I'm at... Uh, 39,000 feet probably, uh, and it's, uh, that's what it seems yeah. like basically, and the parachute's in the back of the plane, so and, you know, if it's something that starts going wrong, turbulence, okay, I gotta get to the parachute, but uh, yeah. I gotta fake it for a while. And this particular role, it's really standing high jump, you don't get any long run, you gotta, you gotta hit the ground running right, and yeah. just go till you stop. Within three short phrases of recitative, I'm into the aria, and I'm hitting a high G within uh, two, two phrases within the aria, so it's, uh, mm. <laughs> it's let's go. Uh, the tenors, you know, you have to feel about, you know, doing Celestia Ida, you know, so there's no time to warm up. I get out there and I got to go and I got to sing this high, you know, B at the end is a pianissimo. Uh, yeah, well, it's at the end. So, yeah, it's <laughs> the end of the aria, so, you know, right. <laughs> I get a little chance to warm up. Yeah, right. Anyway. Interesting. So, um, 
on the question of you know directorial cruelty, I'm not mm. asking you to name names, but I, mm. but I, I sometimes go and you said you you know the opportunity to have your feet under you. Right, right. And I you know I I look at productions where where Brunhilde has to do 45 minutes on her knees, or worse, sitting. You know, and I say to myself, mm. well, where does where does the where does the relationship between the who who's defending mm. the singers these days? Mm. It's not usually the stage director in terms no, of no, not defending, you know. And the music director conductor used to be the conductor music director used to be the the one who would right. just say Yeah, you that's know, a little bit much. Don't handle the merchandise. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. No, yeah, they do the more hands-off these days. Occasionally they'll say something, but for the most part they're just waiting for, I think, the singer to stand up for themselves. themselves yeah. Or each other. Yeah. Or each other occasionally. but yeah, uh, Mostly for yourself. Yeah, for yourself. You have to do the process and... Um, yeah, I mean, I go through the you know the acting techniques and whatnot. You know, uh, Olivier and uh, there's some other acting tips and whatnot they give you. But just straight acting, and it calls for you to take in the concept, work it through a couple of times before you say no, this won't work. Right. And um, so yeah, and when you're singing, you have a lot of adrenaline going and whatnot, and maybe even in rehearsal you'll try something out and doesn't quite work and you say, well, I'll get to it because you mark sometimes. Yeah, you're marking and then all of a sudden. So you yeah, think, exactly. oh, sure, I can do this. And then you realize we're late sometimes, like, you know, mm -hmm. pre-dress rehearsal, you got the orchestra, you got, you know, you got to really sing. Think, hmm, this is not really going to work. So it's, that kind of goes against what you would do in straight acting because then you yeah. just, you know, digest it, come back to the next rehearsal or a rehearsal after that and give it the, you know, full um, effort. And then you can say to the director, hmm, I've given it my best and I need to do something else. We need to have another option. Can we do plan A, plan B. Right. And uh, so that's the challenge when you're uh, singing opera to actually try to come up with that theoretically or in your mind or project what it's going to be like when you're actually singing full voice. Mm -hmm. That's not easy because you're involved in so many things. Opera obviously is, you know, the culmination of all the arts. You've got everything exactly. going out there. So Yeah, and you're part of a totalitarian thing. Yeah, you right. just use the word lightly. So you can certainly miss that yeah. uh, opportunity to come up with it. But it's something you talk to young singers about and uh, because they're the ones that actually get put upon the most. Yeah. Uh, me as a, somewhat of a seasoned veteran, uh, they'll look at me and they'll say, oh, okay. And I just say, no, I don't think this will work. I'll try it this way. Let me try mm -hmm. it that way. But there are times when you just want to be, which I usually want to be a good colleague, and I'll go along yeah. and say, Okay, I'll give it a shot, and you know, I don't, I don't know why. I say after the, you know, beating myself up, is why the heck did you say that? Yeah, well, right. Like, this won't work. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's just go on to Plan B. So, right. uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a difficulty, especially say in a role like this. I'm doing a lot of movement. Uh, a lot of the directing was done. Robert Carson came in the, like the last five rehearsals, basically. We were we had done the orchestra already. We had done staging on the stage. And then he came right. in and said, okay, let's go back in the laboratory right now. But he said, I'm not here to upset the process. You guys have done anything, everything. And Susan Graham, she's, you know, she's saying, yeah, we're, we're about to close tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're here. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a joke. But in some ways, uh, it became a little disconcerting because he is, as I said, he wanted me to do a lot of stuff. And I had already worked in a good sort of I'm setting here, then a little bit of movement here. But when you say the whole thing, You're off balance the, okay, again. let me rework it and um, see if we can come up with it. And, you know, I had to make some compromises. And mm -hmm. by the time we, he saw it opening, he said, 
good. It's so. a good show. Yeah. It's a good show. It's a beautiful, beautiful stage of matched voices and yeah. of equal confidence and energy and um, yeah, fun singers who listen. Right. Yeah, singers yeah. who listen. That was really important. And Gluck is amazing. This, you know, the the post sort of baroque thing that uh, he get tired of all those uh, liberties, all the you know the da capo arias yeah. and whatnot. No, 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 no. How about just sing it the way he kind of wrote it, and I give you some drama to do it with, and yeah. then just go. So he's done that, and, and uh, uh, you know. But I'll throw in some scales that yeah, could have come there, off right. Herbie Hancock's template once right, in a while, yeah, yeah. because some of his sliding stuff is so intricate. You say, well, where, which yeah, century yeah. did that come out of? <laughs> right. Because it seems like you, it's all going to be easy, mm. and then all of a sudden you. <laughs> and that's what I liked about it, because you really are listening as an right. audience, yeah, yeah. and you're hearing it all unfolding, mm. and it's permission to listen. Yeah. Usually I hate opera in the dark. All oh, right. Okay. Um, oh, good. They've got $60,000 worth of lights just yeah, on the yeah. first rack, right. and we're all trying to figure out who's <laughs> singing, you know, right. and there was a vogue for maybe 10 years. Okay seemed to be out of it a little bit, but there was about 10 years where it seemed to be mandatory for the, for the opera to be in the dark. You know, everything oh, okay. was gloomy yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, not, my, not my cover. Uh, Prince lighting of Darkness lighting designers. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Teaching, do you, do, do you teach? Yes, uh, I was teaching, uh, I taught a couple of years at Michigan State University and uh, uh, was at uh, Lansing. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, East Lansing. So, yeah, I know it was a wonderful opportunity. I taught uh, like full-time the first year. Second year, I tried to do a little uh, half-time or part-time. And then they wanted me to do a full-time, and I just, uh, the schedule was just that too was a choice yeah, then, it was yeah. just uh, packed. But I enjoyed it immensely. I mean, and uh, that's, that was a school that was devoted to uh, music therapy and education. Okay. So, uh, you know, I had some students here that, you know, I had one girl who had a hard time matching pitch. Even, you know, so we went through the solfeggio, you know, do, re, mi, fa, sol, do, do. And it was like she could just somehow get what she needed to get. And I felt really good about it. And it was like, you know, you're going to have a guitar probably. You're doing music therapy and you, you need some basic stuff so people mm -hmm. will feel um, healthy and well for, through music. You think you'll go back I mean, to that? Oh, I definitely I hope so, yeah. yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Uh, one of my colleagues I just met in Vienna actually uh, teaches at uh, Westminster Choir College. So I got, so I got a position for you if you. If you you're ready for it. I think, oh, geez, mm -hmm. maybe not yet. Uh, maybe not get, yet. Getting no, there, getting there's there, another you know. part. Just right. Well, I'm not singing so the what best are, of my life. Is a, it's a hard one. You say, what okay, are the, what are the parts now. that are out there that you say, I'm waiting for that one? Any? Uh, well, I don't know. That uh, La Scala, Johanna, and that was like, you know, I thought that I could die it. after that one. That was pretty much it. Uh, you know, the, Lauren Mazel came back after my second performance and congratulated me, and I thought, oh, okay, you know, that, this is pretty do. good. Yeah, yeah. Do you do much concerts? Concert, opera in concert, or recital? I have, work? yeah. There's quite a bit. Yeah, I enjoy recital uh, immensely. I mean, uh, I've done, uh, what, uh, 10 different languages I've sung in now, and usually the recitals, I think I had one recital where it was probably seven or eight languages. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, kind of playing with that. And it's nice when you can shift back and forth and feel the, uh, the rhythms uh, well. I, I did, I did yeah, eight, eight different languages. I did a Spanish in that one. Mm -hmm. So I did a Spanish, Czech, Russian, Italian, French, German. And, uh, yeah, so now I added a Hebrew and uh, what I, uh, Hungarian. I sang a, a little bit of, uh, what, the uh, Bluebeard's Castle for Lescala, oh, yeah. I think, in an audition. 
Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I love it, uh, listening to the languages and how they can be expressed, uh, using the nouns sort of as the, the basis of trying mm. to get communicate what the actual words are, uh, which people tend to pick up on, you know. Uh, yeah. pe- native speakers will come up after and say, oh, I, I can understand every word, you know, I can get the meaning of what you're right. trying to say. So that's uh, it's really exciting for me to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. But roles... Still, I don't know, the, the villains in Hoffman, I, I get to do again in, in uh, Tokyo coming up. Uh, uh, it's been a while since I did that. Um, other things, I don't know. The, so the title roles are there. Uh, Flying Dutchman I'll do uh, you know, next year in Torino. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Um, you know, Don Giovanni is one I've worked on quite a bit, but um, I haven't had a chance to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Don Quixote, uh, you know, looking at the French things. You know, Massenet is very, very exciting, yeah. Boris Kudinov, you know, maybe. Uh, so it's, there's still some possibilities. Yeah. So unlike the Helden tenor, the voice is going to stay, right? You're not. Uh, I think for the most part, yeah. I mean, doing uh, Votan's uh, recently uh, clicked very well. I was kind of leery about that, especially coming from more of the bel canto type mm-hmm. of uh, lyric type of vo- vocal things. I thought, hmm, maybe this is a little too soon, but seems to fit very well, and people will usually say, have, have said, you know, oh, you sing this as if it's kind of Belcanto-like, and that's, that's not bad to hear that, to uh, hear Johannan, uh, German, as if it's kind of Italianate sometimes. Uh, yeah. It's a, a nice little spin. Well, his wife wouldn't have been in such a bad mood all the time if he'd been a bit more Belcanto-ish from time to time. Right, right, yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a wonderful, um, wonderful quest. Other work in Toronto. We, we, you know, you're coming back almost as if it was. All, it was a surprise to find out that you're here a lot of the time oh, right, because yeah. you know, with our little magazine, and I'm recognizing names or not recognizing names a lot. Right. And you, you, do you have any other stuff coming up beyond COC? Here in Toronto? Um, well, in Toronto, I mean, it'll be a week from now, I get uh, this award from Planet Africa, and uh, I get a chance to do some little performing while I'm uh, receiving an award for uh, Say more about the, the award? Award for uh, this is uh, their entertainment award. I mean, they have other awards that they uh, give Planet Africa, all those of uh, African descent, people that have achieved uh, certain things. And, uh, you know, certainly I've done quite a few things in my life. Uh, and they were uh, recognizing me for that, and so I said, mm-hmm. receive an award. My, my intention was to sing for the ceremony, and then they said, well, you know, we should actually be giving you an award. <laughs> so it's like, okay, fine. Right. And, uh, so where, where, and w- where and when is that? Uh, it's going to be at uh, Roy Thompson. Uh, okay. It's on the 22nd. Uh, of October. Of October. So yeah. coming up. Coming uh, up, yeah. Just about a week. Yeah, just about a week. Yeah. And you will or won't get to sing? I will, yeah. You will. Yeah, it's a nice rendition of Old Man River. I think I'll pull out and uh, just keep rolling along and see how that that works. That'll get the bottom octave re-engaged yeah, exactly, after yeah. so much. Finally, right? oh boy, I get the two two octaves here, the lower part. You talked about juggling as an aspect of memorization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how does that work? Well, certainly different parts of the brain are engaged when you are doing some juggling and, uh, you know, the rhythmic sort of things, the ball is falling, pop, 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 uh, helps just to keep uh, the words going, pop, 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 and it's, it's muscle memory. A lot of times muscle so, memory. People, somebody asked me after, before one of the dress rehearsals, you know, I had a talk uh, in the middle, uh, and the, he said, you know, what happens when you just draw blank? What, what, what do you do? You know, a stage fright likes things. And I said, well... 
I don't know. A lot of times I feel it coming on, and you know, you just trust it. You don't push too hard. And a lot of times it is that muscle memory thing. I do this gesture, and that word comes out. And a lot of times that's kind of what the juggling. So does. that's what you're bah, doing bah, is bah, is bah, creating bah, bah, bah. the mind muscle right connection. Or yeah. for mistakes, there are times when you go through phrases and you you get you've learned something the wrong way. And so to unlearn that, you go through a process of just kind of juggling through and having something to coordinate it back into right. the way you need it to to, to be. Uh, and it does relax you as well. I mean, uh, there's a sense of, you know, backstage just kind of, you know, juggling back and forth. Right. Flare on the nouns. <laughs> the drop. That's the first thing you learn in, in juggling, you know. The drop. The drop. The drop, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, so with the, so backstage here, you have your own enough space to everybody's got their own routines and all right yeah i mean i can go out in the hallway if i do a little jump rope or whatnot which i, I do occasionally just have a little space uh, or inside the room i've got a ping pong table i even brought because i have a long time between my first entrance and my last yeah, one true. so there's a little mini ping pong table i set up and uh, I even have a ping pong robot which i didn't bring this time because uh, it's a little it seems a little shorter the distance yeah, between right. now than it was before right. uh, but uh, yeah i mean some people will come in and just kind of you know Hit a, hit a few of the balls, and uh, that, that, that does some. And you can always, I can say the words when I'm doing that, you know, a little tock, 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 tock. So it always keeps things going that way. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, they like my innovations. I have all kinds of little, uh, with the, the tennis ball and the string, you know, I do that. Just the, the oh, band, yeah. and just uh, the, was it fill and drill, I think it's called, those tennis ball trainers. And Susan Graham, she got into. When I saw that, she saw that, I said, oh, can I try that? You know, so Would you say try. most of your colleagues at this stage are, are aware, are, are more aware now than previously of the extent to which you are an athlete for opera? Or do you think that's, mm. <clears throat> yeah, the, the good that. ones have always known that? Well, I think that, yeah, it's true. I mean, the good ones have known it. I mean, even Pavarotti, you looked at him even at his most, uh, you know, obese sort of stages. He had, he's got this band of muscle. I mean, that, that sound just didn't go like that yeah. from, from nowhere. I mean, he has certainly a lot of uh, muscle underneath. But to actually be seen and to be attractive with HD now, you know, it's necessary to be really fit. Uh, it reminds me again, that's uh, Olivier talking about his about acting, you know, it's like 60 or whatever it is, interview, saying, you know, why go to a gym now? Because I want to keep my job. I want to, you know, keep working. Well, that was the, the idea of straight acting, obviously. You still had to be very yeah. attractive on stage. Opera, mm, if you're large, okay, fine, but you got the, the chops. Can you give the, you know, the goods? That's what they're really listening for. Uh, but now they want both, and uh, so people are becoming aware now that you have to be physically attractive uh, to the camera and to try to deliver as well. Uh, not always easy. Not but, easy, uh, <laughs> but at least it's something to focus on. Yeah, that's sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. This is interesting. Thanks a lot, Mark. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, good, good to, to be here. You. Excellent. Cheers.